We work hard at being healthier. And what we really need is better quality sleep. The new Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed intelligently senses your movements and automatically adjusts your comfort and support on both sides. This is not a bed. It's proven quality sleep. It's the biggest sale of the year where all beds are on sale. Save 50% on the new Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed, plus special financing only for a limited time. To find your local Sleep Number store, go to sleepnumber.com. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details. They're staying in the shadows. It's called probing. Make sure things are all clear. Clear for what? For the rest of the night. You guys hear that? Welcome to the show, everybody. I am your host, Tony Merkel, and I am really glad that you're here, and I'm really glad to be here. Before we get into tonight's show, I want to let you know that if you had an encounter of any kind that you'd like to share with me to get on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email at theconfessionalspodcast at gmail.com, or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the connection section, and you can reach me that way as well. And if you're a fan of the show, I'd really appreciate it if you consider supporting the show by becoming a member. With your membership, you'll actually get access to one extra episode a month that nobody else has access to except for members, plus extra content when it's available, such as videos and audio when I'm out on the road doing things for the confessionals. So please consider supporting the show. I would really greatly appreciate that. Now, tonight's show, we have Brian coming on, and Brian has had experiences with UFOs in Oklahoma. So let's bring on Brian and see what it's all about. Okay, tonight I have a great guest coming on. We have Brian coming on tonight to share some UFO encounters that he had and a little bit of paranormal stuff on the side as well. Brian, how are you? Doing pretty good, Tony. Thank you. Thanks for being here and thanks for you know putting the time in with me. We talked about an hour before the, the recording right even started. On, so <laughs> yeah, I appreciate great. it, man. Uh, so talk to us about your UFO sightings because you sent me the email and this was a little bit while back, but it's a very detailed email that you sent me and, uh, go into what you experienced. Well, um, in the email, uh, it, it describes something that happened when I was probably around nine or 10 years old. And, uh, basically what happened was, you know, I was with a bunch of neighbor kids and there was three or four of us around there and we were playing in our, in our backyard. And, you know, we live kind of out in, you know, a couple miles out of town. So we had basically just a big pasture behind us. And as we were playing, uh, we kind of noticed a light. There was a, to the north, directly above us, uh, uh, to the north of us, just above the tree line, there was just this white light just hanging out there. You know, we didn't think anything much about it because, you know, like, you know, hey, 
there's there's an airport, you know, real close to us, and it just kind of looked like an airplane with landing lights on. So we went back to playing, and we were um, just doing what kids were doing, and we kind of noticed that, hey, that thing is still there. And it was in the exact same spot, just due north of where we were at. And so then we started thinking, you know, that's kind of odd because it had been several minutes. And so we were like, well, is it a helicopter? You know, we're kind of like, what could it be? It could be a helicopter. But, you know, we were even thinking that that was kind of odd because usually a helicopter you can see moving around or if it's hovering, it's, it's bouncing around. But this light was just totally still. So we went back to playing and, you know, didn't think much about it anymore. And then as I, as we were playing, I kind of look up and to the west, I see this object. And it just, it was just as uh, you're, you're on, I think it was your second podcast, Roger, I think it was. He, he described this very well. He said it was just gliding by and that's exactly what I saw. There was this object that was just gliding by, and it was a kind of a, um, like he said, I hate going back to, to what Roger said, but it's exactly a good description, a squashed football. It was a round object, and it had a very kind of, um, you know, like exactly like a squashed football, and it had lights on each side of it, and there was, they're almost like domes, one on top and one on bottom and then some around the sides. And I don't remember the exact colors, but they, they, were, they were different colors, but I do remember on top and bottom there were these white lights. And it just glided right by us. I mean, we sat there and watched it for about three or four seconds as it went past us. Now, as it did this, it, it made no sound whatsoever. And, you know, you got the feeling that it was powered. It wasn't like it was something floating around in the wind. I mean, it was, it was moving, just gliding by and it kind of starts going to the South of us. And we're like, that was weird. And then we went back to playing, you know, as kids, you're like, wow, that was kind of, it was interesting, but you know, what was that? But it stuck out to me because, you know, even at that age, um, you know, I, I grew up building models and, and model airplanes and always had an interest in, you know, aviation and stuff. And I had a pretty good idea of what things should look like when they're flying. And this looked nothing like that. And, um, you know, I, I recreated that in the email I sent you, Tony, the uh, a picture. And you, and you can you can post that as well if you if you if you would like. It's just uh but it was a very interesting experience, and it always stuck with me because I knew it was something that was not normal, and you know I considered it a UFO immediately, and uh, you know I, I, even the next day I told my dad, and uh, my dad was like, uh, well maybe it was a balloon or maybe it was a uh, uh, you know a you know a remote control airplane or something. And I was like, no, it, it was we didn't make any noise. And it did. It just glided right past us. And it, it, just, it was just, it was very interesting. Where in the country did this happen? This happened in Eufaula, Oklahoma. 
And uh, Eufaula is kind of in the, the southeast part of, uh, well, I wouldn't say southeast, kind of more of the central part of Oklahoma, uh, towards the eastern part of the state. And, uh, you know, we're, we're right on a big lake right there. And, um, you know, again, where, where I grew up, we're, we were, had a neighborhood just a couple miles out of town, and we were just kind of isolated out there. And in that, in that period of time, this, this happened probably in the early 80s. And during that period of time, I mean, we all saw lights in the sky. It, was, it, was, it wasn't that unusual. It was kind of interesting. But um, anyway, that's, that's pretty much the gist of that, of that um, encounter or that, that sighting, I guess you can say. Yeah. Now, when this thing was passing you, how'd you feel? Like, did you feel physically any different as if it was, there was something, um, maybe even coming off of it, uh, as far as vibes go, you know, like sometimes people describe that they felt like inside, like there was something hitting them. Uh, Some people say with the Bigfoot, it's infrared kind of thing. Did you feel anything physically different when this passed you by or, or nothing really? No, I I never felt anything different. And I, it didn't. I didn't get the any kind of creepy feeling from it, or didn't I didn't get any, you know, strange, you know, like as if sound or electromagnetic energy or anything was going through us or through me or anything. It was just this object in the sky going by, and you know, it could be because, um, you know, as kids we were just we were just playing and. We didn't have, you know, anything that was, you know, outside of what we were doing really was affecting us. But we did find it odd. I mean, looking back on it, it was almost like it was watching us in a way because that white light, that's what really got me as I, as I look back on it, is that white light above the trees, it was there for 15 minutes at least in the same spot. And it was just a white light above the trees. And that's what I find really odd. And then it was like it was, like I said, it was almost like it was watching us, even though we, I didn't have that feeling at the time. But looking back, that's almost what, like what it was doing. And then it decided to show us what it was. And we saw this UFO, this craft or whatever, just go right past us. Do you think that the white light was the ufo or do you think there are two different things i think it was the ufo there, there's no other in my mind there's no other logical explanation for it because we noticed the light first and you know we speculated as whether it was a helicopter of course at first we thought it was a, just an oncoming airplane with its landing lights on but it never it never moved every time we looked at it those few times that we looked back up there it was in the exact same spot. And so it, to me, that's what it was. When I saw that thing flying by, I was like, that must, that was what that was. And, and again, it wasn't that far away from me. It was probably, I had to say roughly about a hundred feet in the air. Now this was daytime too. I mean, it wasn't like at night, where it was really obscure. This was during the daytime. It was, I would say, a couple hours, hour and a half or so before uh, um, uh, sundown. So I was able to see it pretty well. 
and there's a road um, just probably about 200 yards um, to the west of us. And it and what it looked like it was doing was just going over the you know that right down that road, and that's what it looked like to me. So I didn't look like it was that far away. And size wise, I would have to say it was probably about the size of a of a school bus, if you will. Um, and in the the uh, the middle portion of it, kind of had a metallic look to it. It wasn't shiny. It was just kind of a a just a grayish kind of metal look to it. And in in of course the lights and I know oh, in in that second episode with Roger he he did a pretty good description of what he saw and I, that's what made me contact you because I was like I saw almost the exact same thing except for he mentioned the lights moving around the lights that I saw didn't move around but what he described I was like that is very close to what I saw and I, I was like man maybe you know it. it it's pretty cool because I've never heard anyone else see something very similar to what I what I saw. So um, yeah, it it makes me wonder: are these things? I mean, what you saw and what he saw was it the same thing, or was it a similar thing that was made by the same? Let's just say entities. Whether you believe it's people or alien or whatever you believe it is. Uh, were they built by the same, you know, grouping of entities? Uh, but these, these things, unless you believe they're interdimensional, but that opens a whole nother, you know, rabbit hole. It just makes me wonder, you know, where are these things being designed and built, you know, and was what you saw built or designed by the same thing that Roger saw, you know? You know, I would, I would say that, it wasn't the same thing, but it could have been like a different model. You know, hey, this was this was the year eighty model. You know, I don't know, but I get the feeling that it could have been built and designed by the same entity or same, um, you know, whatever, whatever. And uh, again, kind of like a, just a different model, if you will. But yeah, you raise a good question. You know, if these things are are being built, or if they are um, you know something from an entity that's here now if they're interdimensional if you, then of course they could be built in another dimension and come over so you, you know that's that would be where they were built and but if they are being built here you know where would they be be built and it, it, you hear about all these these deep underground military bases and, and deep underground UFO bases and you know I think there may be some some uh, plausibility to that, and you know, I, I also kind of think too. I mean, the lake that we have is is a man-made lake, you know. And I started thinking, if you start looking at all these man-made lakes, it would be a great way to hide an entrance to some sort of underground base, if you will. And uh, you know, in here in Oklahoma. There are um, a couple of couple of areas that are are known for UFO type activity, and you know, one being towards the northern part of the state, 
uh, which is actually captures the, if you look at the south east part of Kansas, it's known for as kind of a hot spot for uh, some strange lights and UFO activities. And, you know, I don't know if you're, if you're familiar with the 37th parallel. Um, Not totally, no. The 37th parallel is, is kind of known as a UFO highway. And, you know, around the, around the world, pretty much from what I understand. So, you know, if you can Google 37th parallel, you'll, you'll see maps. And that 37th parallel is right on the northern edge of Oklahoma and Kansas. I mean, it's the border. That's the 37th parallel. And I always, you know, I didn't know that until here recently. Started looking at some of this stuff, and I was like, hey, you know, that's kind of interesting because when during that time period, we would always see these strange lights in the sky, and they generally had a northern direction to them. You know, whether or not that there's anything to that or not, but it would make sense if they're heading towards the 37th parallel to go to wherever this this, soup, this supposed UFO superhighway. You know, that makes sense that they'd be going that direction. Yeah, you know, that, that that would make sense. I mean, I haven't really heard about the 37th parallel. I've heard of it, but I don't really, I haven't really talked to anybody to explain it to me before. Uh, now, I was talking to a guy that was posting on Facebook some pictures of a possible UFO. Uh, now, was interesting about this is what you mentioned, the whole water idea, because he, he was taking a video of a storm coming in from the bay that he lives on, and it was lightning and everything. Once he takes his video, he goes back to look at it, and he sees the lightning striking, and he was trying to still frame the lightning so he could t- make it a picture. Right. And within the frames of this lightning bolt striking, you see something coming out of the water, and it's in, he has you have three different pictures. Now, in each picture is the same lightning bolt. That's how fast this happened. But the UFO or the... the un, yeah, well, yeah, it's UFO. Unidentified flying object came out of the bay... It was in mid-frame and then exiting the frame, all within the same lightning strike. That's how fast the thing was moving. And uh, he, he might come on the show, but maybe he won't now that I just told the story. <laughs> but, that was during, that was during uh, 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 that hurricane that came through there, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, have you seen his pictures? Uh, actually, I think you had mentioned this before. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Well, then maybe I'll edit this out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but I just find that interesting because of what you said and stuff. Uh, it's definitely something that I think is, you know, possible. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely think so too. And I think there's, you know, definitely something that could be to that. Um, but you know, as far as as far as UFO activity in in, in where I grew up there in Eufaula, I've never really had anyone anyone else tell me that they saw anything but one thing i find interesting is as far as the like the the ufos that i've seen in this town i've been with other people you know it's not like it had it was just me you know um so anyway i i think there is something to the the water aspect of things or there, there definitely could be you know and you know i theorized that you know my own little conspiracy theory if you will what if there was something to that lake when they built it because they built that that dam in 64 
and you know it's a again it's a great way to cover up any kind of secret entrance to something or other you know what in the ufo that i saw it was heading south at that particular time and again it was roughly about 100 feet in altitude and where it was heading goes into the lake i mean it was heading you know it wasn't just a couple miles down the road before you hit the lake I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, it's if you think of it this way, with the whole idea of the the lake as cover, we're we're not aquatic people, you know. We're like we, we I say aquatic people, we're not aquatic. Uh, we we don't go into the water for long periods of time, and really, what we do is very few people do it. But what we do is we go on the surface of the water. That's a very small percentage of what is actually there as far as water goes. And it's like, if you were to walk to the, to the edge of the woods and just walk the edge of the woods the whole time and say, you know, everything that's inside the woods, you you don't, if you just walk the edge of the woods, you know? Exactly. And uh, it's the same thing with this whole water idea is, you know, we're just going on the surface of the water. We, we it, on these big bodies of water, we have no idea what's all down there. Like for instance, example, the the um, uh, Loch Ness. Mm-hmm. They say that there there could be huge caves within the, the the walls of of that lock. That if the Loch Ness monster's real, it's feasible that it might actually go into these caves, and that's why you don't see it all the time because it actually lives within these caves underneath the water. Well. They theorize this because the thing is so big, they can't cover the whole thing underneath the surface of the water. And that's just one location out of this huge earth, you know? So it's definitely something that makes sense in my mind. Yeah, and and some of these things that are coming out in these videos that you see with uh, looking at Google mapping the ocean floor, they're finding some very strange and odd structures and things that are down there in and I, I, I find that a very interesting, implausible way of where you see these UFOs going. If they are not going interdimensionally, physically going someplace, that would be a great place to go. Yeah, I've seen some things too. Have you seen the uh, the wall that apparently stretches the entire way around the globe? Have you seen that video? I haven't seen that one, no. I If I can find it, I'll send it to you. The it's a video of this wall that Google Earth has captured with their their software, and somebody found it on Google Earth where you zoom in and it's just a straight line wall in the water, and it just goes. And they say it just wraps around the world. It's it, and it's just very incredible. Like I watched the video and I'm thinking maybe it's a glitch, you know, within the software. I don't know, but. It, it looks like a wall in the water. It just keeps stretching and stretching, and you see gaps, like almost like there were there were doorways or something. And then it picks up the wall again and keeps going for miles and miles. And there's uh, another gap. Yeah, it's it's interesting stuff. Yeah, I, I I totally think there's there's something to it. Definitely. I mean, they have that the video showing there's these mile and a half wide round structures, or you know, look like domes, but you can see where it looks like it's moved <laughs> and you can see a trail in it, which is, which is kind of crazy. But anyway, um, well, I wanted to ask you before you move on to the next story here, I wanted to ask you just simply when this thing 
you know, for lack of better terms, exited the frame, did it shoot off or did it just kind of just drift away? It was going on in the same heading, in the same direction, at the same speed. And we essentially watched it for several seconds and it, we were just like, well, that was interesting. We went back to playing. So I never watched it disappear. I never watched it shoot away or anything. It was just, it went past us and, and we were, we got bored at looking at this. We knew it was odd and weird. Then we were like, you know, hey, let's go back to playing. You know, this is funner. So it, it didn't do anything odd or strange. And we just essentially took our eyes off of it. And, um, but, you know, I was able to observe it for a long enough time and it is, you know, stuck with me this entire time. Hmm. So I talked to a guy last night that had a UFO encounter very up close like yours. And he said something that you just said not too long ago, which is that he thought it was aware of them and was actually observing them. And that's what you said too. And if I remember correctly, it's been a while since I heard the interview, but I think Roger said something similar, didn't he? I, it seems like he may have. I can't recall right off the top of my head, but it's it's possible. It's interesting. And, and you know, I, I think there's a good chance that it is. And especially being kids, you know, you hear a lot of these, these stories that happen to kids. And, and everything that I've kind of saw, I do have a couple other uh, not as interesting as this this sighting, but um, when I was younger, around the same time period, I was with my uh, sister and my cousin, and we were in town, and and it was it was at night, and uh, there was a there was a uh, you know it was a big bright moon that night, and we were laying on the back of the car, you know you know you lay on the trunk and look at the stars, and we were just sitting there talking, and we see a perfect triangle. It was a triangle of lights. There was, you know, exactly like you would see a triangle, the same, you know, like you, like a pyramid. And we see these lights just going to the north, and it looked like it was at a pretty good altitude. But, you know, it, we used to see aircraft fly over all the time. And you know what an aircraft looks like. You see the, the you see the strobes and you see the red and green. These were three perfectly aligned triangle, and it just went right above our heads and just went off to the north. And we never heard any engines, never heard any sounds or anything. But it was odd. Like I said, it was a triangle, and you know, I kind of. My 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 skeptical side says, you know, this could have been, you know, this is about the time when the the F one seventeen stealth uh, fighter was being uh, test you know test flown and whatnot. So it kind of had a triangle shape too. So looking back, I'm saying, well, maybe that's what we saw before everyone knew it. But you know, it was a very very odd thing to see a triangle flying across the sky. Yeah, I'll see. You know? Yeah. It, you don't normally see that, so you know that that was one of the other interesting things that I that I've seen there. How far was it from you? At that time, I would have to say uh, this was. It looked like it had some altitude. It looked like it was probably about what you would see a, a normal jet airliner going, you know, twenty thirty thousand feet. 
that's what I got the sense of it being this 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 triangle. It didn't seem like it was close. So, you know, it's totally plausible that, um, you know, any kind of noise, because I know that the, the, the stealth fighter aircraft is, they have a lot of noise suppression on them. I'm not saying it's either one of those, but, you know, it was a very interesting, you know, interesting sighting, again, to see a triangle fly across the sky like that. So Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because you hear people talk about these triangles that they see fly through the sky. And... uh you know, you're just adding one more story to validate these people's experiences with these crazy objects in the sky. Exactly. And I, I've heard a lot of those people talk about that. And I'm like, I've seen a triangle, too. That's that's crazy. And, of course, this was this happened, again, in the early 80s. This was quite a while ago. Um, so Now, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I wanted to ask you. This triangle, did you get a sense that it was three separate lights, or do you think it was? Did you get a sense that it was a solid object with just lights on each corner? It's a good question. No, I, I got the sense that it was a solid object with three lights on each corner. I didn't get the sense that they were three separate lights that were flying in 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 um, uniform or whatever. But it, I, I got the sense that it was a solid object in between them. And, you know, it didn't fly in front of the moon to where we could see, you know, a definite shape or a silhouette. But you did get the sense that it was a solid object in between there. Okay. And, and the lights, they weren't projecting light. They were just illuminated. Yeah, they were illuminated. And, you know, they were, if you look at, Mars at, at night, you know, Mars has a pretty, it's a little bit brighter than, you know, the rest of the, the lights or stars you see in, in the sky. It had an illumination about like that. You know, it was definitely larger and brighter than everything else in the sky, but it was a perfect triangle that just went right across the sky. So there's, there's one more for the triangle UFO people out there. <laughs> now, um, Something else I would I chalk up as uh, my basically my third UFO type of sighting was also in in Ufala, but it happened much later. Now this one I have more of a of a man made feel to this one, you know the whole the whole black helicopter type thing, which I find interesting. But anyway, we were in town. This happened when I was much older, probably my early twenties. And uh, there's a group of us. We were in the middle of town. And it was probably around, you know, midnight, one o'clock or whatnot. And we were all outside. And and I just happened to catch something out of the corner of my eye moving in the sky. And you know how when you see, say, like a, a flock of geese flying over a city or something, the streetlights project light, you know, you know, up into the above the treetops a little bit, and you can see those geese or whatever flying from the lights reflecting off the street light, street lights. Well, I saw something, and it had to be at least forty or fifty feet above the tree line, and it was like it was a flat black solid object. It had no lights, it had no illumination, but you see a mass there, and like I said, it almost looked like there was a a flat side to it and a bottom to it. 
and it was moving at a steady oh, gliding again a, a, another good great explanation or a great description of its movement as it was gliding and you know I was like hey look 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 and, and my buddy jumped up and he saw it too and we both talked about it after we saw this and we saw the same thing and it was something going above the tree line and it made no noise and it was it had to have been only a half a block away from us and you know we joked around about it because we we had we had heard that people say yeah there's black helicopters flying out here you know you know the whole government black helicopter thing that flies around so you know it's a ufo i don't know what it was but i did see something flying around that made no noise and had no lights and it was not anything that was biological so gotcha yeah it's interesting so those are essentially my my three um ufos that i've seen up close and of course again i've seen plenty of lights do strange things and we've we've seen them you know go across the sky and just all of a sudden just start moving back and forth real quick and just disappear or we'd see four or five lights moving around kind of almost in unison but they would just kind of it didn't look like aircraft i mean you just don't see aircraft doing these types of things and in our whole neighborhood, like I said, our parents and everybody would be outside looking at this stuff. It was it was pretty wild. So all this stuff happened in the same area. Yes, and it all happened in the same area. And you know, again, it wasn't like it was just one of us seeing this. It was our whole neighborhood would see these things, you know. And we would talk about it. It's like, oh look, we see the lights again. You know, hey, look, look, the lights and. You know, we'd go get our parents and we'd see these things and be like, what is that? You know, we'd all sit out there and speculate and none of us could place it because it didn't look like an airplane. It wasn't, those lights weren't doing things like you would normally see aircraft do. And so, I don't know, it was just, it was just one of those things that, that we used to see all the time. So, going with the whole man-made this is a government project idea. <laughs> right. Is there any military bases around where you live? There's no military bases around where we live. There are military bases north of where we live in uh, Kansas. And, um, you know, I, I, I think it's somewhere, it's either Kansas or Missouri. I don't remember exactly off the top of my head where they where the stealth bombers are, are stationed. And of course, in the, um, we have a big base in, um, the Southwest part of the state near Lawton. And also we have a, a military base in Oklahoma city, uh, Tinker air force base. But where we're at, no. So, uh, you know, could, could it be something flying from these bases? that we could see, I think probably so because it would, uh, we would fall on that, that flight path. Well, thinking back to the first thing you saw, the, the surface level of it, I mean, you described it as metallic, but was there any kind of unique texture or, uh, maybe 
uh, for lack of better words, pipes or tubing coming out of it that you can notice, or was it just all just flat? It was all flat. Um, uh, we're talking about the one that I saw in town that was flat black and just reflecting off the lights or the, the very first UFO that I saw. The very first one with the, that you saw in the distance and, and it came in. Yeah. No, it was, it was totally round. And I, like the, the email that I sent you, um, I told you that I recreated it and, uh, you know, so Basically, what I saw is I recreated it in a um, CAD software. And what I saw was, like I the best description I heard was a squashed football. And it was smooth. It didn't have any pipes or anything. But it had these, like, dome type of, of lights on them. And, you know, it was about... You know, something like, again, about 100 feet off the ground above the tree lines, and it just glided right past us. So, yeah, no, there was nothing on there that made me think man-made on that first UFO. There was nothing on there that made me think, you know, this is normal, that you would see flying. It didn't make me think of a balloon or anything like my dad was thinking. Well, maybe it was a balloon. No, it it wasn't. It was it was to the definition a UFO for sure. Is that a story that you told a lot of people, or is your dad the only one you really talked to about? Well, I didn't tell a lot of people for many years, um, but you know, I, I I've told I, I've gotten to where I'm like, all right. Last couple of years, I'm getting to the Bigfoot subject, and I'm like, okay, and I'm I'm all into this the paranormal stuff, and and so I'm getting to where I'm starting to tell more people. I'm like, look, it, I've I've seen a UFO before, you know, and you get those looks from some of the people with a circle in their their head, like, oh, crazy, but <laughs> you know, it's like I I saw something I couldn't explain, and and something that fits just exactly that a ufo and i've had a couple other co-workers and say you know my wife has seen something very similar to that um, and so it's opened up conversation that way which is that's awesome kind of interesting so so yeah it's that that's kind of my those are my ufo stories well they're, they're good man i mean I think I think a lot of people experience things they just don't talk about it because they don't know who's willing to talk about it and who's going to chastise them. And so it takes one person like yourself or me to open up and just start talking about this stuff with people. And all of a sudden you start seeing people come to you and saying, I saw this, I saw that. Mm -hmm. I, sp I experienced that at work myself. I've had drivers come to me and tell me, you know, I've seen a UFO. That's a very common thing. A lot of people see UFOs. Mm -hmm. And that in itself is something that, you know, when you open up and you start telling people that I saw a UFO and people kind of look at you funny, th to me, that tells me the people that look at you funny just don't spend time thinking about it. Because if they actually spent, just give it two days of looking into, you're going to walk away saying, people are seeing something. What it is, I don't know. But definitely, 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 people are seeing something. Exactly. And I'll be the first one that will try to 
well, it could be this, it could be that, it could have been this, could have been that, you know. But yeah, that that first UFO I saw, there is there's I can't explain that away. I know what I saw, but there's no there's no good explanation for it, other than UFO, alien, you know, whatever you you whatever road you want to go down on that. That's it fits into that 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 wheelhouse right there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, UFOs are very fascinating and uh I don't know if you're ever going to get an a- actual answer as to what these things are. And you know, to be honest with you, they might not be just one thing. They might be multiple things and uh you just never know. So, time will tell. Yeah, and uh you know, I you know, that's not the, you know, of course I've seen the UFOs. And again, um, the other strange thing that I've seen, and I, I mentioned in the email, is is an orb. Um, you know, at the time when I saw it, now it, wa- it wasn't your traditional orb that people talk about as far as, you know, you you hear about these orbs are usually tennis ball to, to basketball size and, and moving in and out of the woods and trees. And, you know, you even mentioned the, the orb that you had seen. Right. And uh, it wasn't like that. What I saw, and my dad saw this too, we were both driving um, to my house. And as we were coming around the bend, we see this orange light just appear in the sky. It was above the horizon. Now, it, it looked like it was a good distance away, but it wasn't small. It looked like it was... I would say, I mean, I, it was tough to say because you don't know how far away it was, but it looked like it was a long ways away. And But it looked like it had pretty good size. And it was just this orange light, and it just appeared. And then it rapidly drops towards the horizon. And just before it hits the horizon, it took a sharp left upward turn and just shot up and just disappeared. And, of course, we were, looked at each other like, what was that? And so he speeds up and is like driving down the road. What was that? And where did it go? And he's like, it had to have been a flare or something. But, you know, you see a flare. Yes, you see a bright light and it, and it falls down, but it sparkles and does whatnot. But this was a solid amber-colored orange light that just appeared, fell, and then shot away and disappeared. And... It wasn't until the last couple of years I started hearing more stories about orbs and and you know what the 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 uh, in World War II what they call Foo Fighters that I started thinking that maybe, you know maybe that's what I saw because I never could place that and um, so I, and I kind of label it more as to what what the uh, pilots saw in in World War II as a Foo Fighter because they were larger orangish colored lights that they would see that would kind of, you know, chase their aircraft or whatever. And they, you know, at the time they thought it was just some secret Nazi weapon, but you know, who knows? It could have been, <laughs> but yeah, you don't know. Now, exactly. you sent me this in an email and I, I know we talked about it real briefly, but I wanted to bring it up. If you could explain it at all, that'd be great. It looks pretty complicated. You emailed me a picture of uh I don't even know how to pronounce the first word. It looks German to me, but some kind of vortex that you thought might be a possible way that these UFOs could hover. 
uh, going relatively undetected, right? Yes. It's, uh, you know, after I had emailed you, I came across uh, a, a podcast and it started talking about Victor Schauberger. And uh, Victor Schauberger was a, uh, I think he was a mathematician or something you know, from um, Austria or someplace. But anyway, he he came up with the Schauberger vortex. And it's, it's some intriguing, interesting things. And, and it's based on, you know, these vortexes, but what, what caught my eye, uh, was the shape of what he, what they called a, uh, some type of engine. And that shape of that engine was the shape of that saucer that I saw. So, what what I found interesting is that maybe that particular shape is that squashed football look is that way for a reason. If it is maybe capturing or using these vortexes as a type of propulsion, whether magnetic or or using air or whatever, whatever it's doing, that particular shape was designed to create those vortexes. And when I saw that that image of that Scharberger vortex engine, I was like, that's it. That's very similar or almost the same shape that I saw uh, flying over that day. And when I recreated my, my CAD model of the, uh, of the UFO I saw, I was like, you know, that's so close to that shape of that Scharberger engine. So anyway, I, I don't know if there's anything to it, but I, I thought it could be a, a, you know, an interesting subject to look into. Yeah, absolutely, and that's what I first thought too when you showed me that engine, and then you showed me your recreation of what you saw. It looked very similar, and yeah. you know, looking at this diagram and stuff, I mean, it makes sense, and uh, you know, you just you don't know, but that would. If this, say this is true, and what you're saying is, you know, possible, maybe it would explain a lot, you know, it would explain a lot that maybe these things are more mechanical than, than, uh, biological. Cause some people tend to think that they might be biological the way they move through the sky and stuff. Uh, but what you're showing is more mechanical and science and possible. Exactly. It gives a a plausible reason for the shape, and it gives a you know a a science behind it, if you will. And it, in looking at the vortexes, and the the podcast I was listening to talks about how the Earth and and if you look at everything that we that we are doing, we're sitting still. I mean, I'm currently sitting in my chair. However, the Earth is rotating. The Earth is rotating around the Sun. The Sun is rotating around the larger galaxy. The galaxy is rotating uh, even more. That in itself creates a vortex. If you if you look at what you're doing, if you're driving down the highway, you're you're moving along with the Earth, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And that that movement creates a vortex. 
and how these vortexes are connected to, you know, everything that we, that in our universe is pretty fascinating. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I'm not one to pretend I understand all the scientific terms and all that jazz, but I do find it interesting. When they have pictures, it helps me a lot. <laughs> so so uh, you said to me that you had a couple of paranormal experiences that you uh, wanted to share as well. Want to go into that? Yes. Um, there, the, first, the first paranormal experience, I would say, which I chalk up as paranormal, um, which was pretty interesting i i would say it happened when i was very young you know i was roughly five years old a little over four years old you know typically you don't remember things when you're that age but my sister and i both experienced this and we both uh to this day we'll still talk about it and this is when when i when at this time i lived in east texas this was when i was i was actually born in texas and, and this was in east texas a little town called big sandy and my sister and I shared a room. She was she's roughly just a little over a year younger than I am, so she was in that three to four years old range. And I remember opening my eyes and looking at the door and seeing a figure in the door. And you know, at first I thought it was my mom. But I knew that it didn't make sense that it was my mom because the figure was filling the doorway. You know, its head was roughly about the height of the door. So, it, you know, it, it couldn't have been my mom. But I remember thinking it had to be my mom. Who else could it be? But it doesn't make sense that this figure is filling the door. And, you know, you know how, you know, when there's a full moon outside and you're outside and there's no other lights on and you are with somebody else, they, you can see them pretty good, you know, as like a full moon would, would shine on somebody. Right. And that's what it was doing in the room. It was like, it wasn't like a light coming off of her. It. it wasn't like anything like that. But it was like it was being illuminated by the moon. It, it, it had that that presence to it, if you will. So we could see it pretty good. And it looked like it had a robe on. Now, that's one of the reasons why I thought it was my mom, because she wore a robe at the time, uh, you know, kind of a long robe. But it, it, it had kind of that look to it. And we never could focus on the face. I remember looking at the face, and it was almost as if the face was changing. It was not, it was not, you could see detail, but it wasn't the same. It was like it was just changing. And, you know, again, my sister and I still discuss this, and we remember that very, very vividly. And I remember essentially it's just like blinking. Or just closed my eyes and looked up, and it was just not there. Never heard anything. Never, never, you know, we had wooden floors at the time. They creaked. You didn't hear any movement or anybody, any walking or anything. 
And, uh, you know, the next day, my sister and I asked, asked my mom, were you, did you come in the room last night? You know, mom, we saw you last night. What were you doing? And she was like, I didn't go in the room. She goes, I, I was in bed all night. And of course, my dad, my dad was in bed too. I mean, he, I never even thought about it being my dad. You know, he wouldn't be that tall. And plus he didn't look like him or anything or, you know, even because he didn't wear like a rope, <laughs> if you will, you know, and that's kind of what we saw. And I never got scared. It didn't scare me. Neither neither one of us thought it was scary. But it was, I just knew that it was something there and it wasn't my mom. It just didn't make sense. It was just too big. And, of course, my mom said, well, maybe it was your guardian angel. And so I like to believe that. I like to believe that's what I saw. And I like to believe that, 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 you know, for real. And, you know, I, I hear a lot of, I hear a lot of, you know, encounters or ghost stories or whatever. There's a lot of fear associated with a lot of these and a lot of, you know, demonic activities or whatnot. But for what I saw in my sister and what we saw, it never scared us. It didn't. It was the one and only time we we experienced anything like that, but it was very vivid and very very real. And again, it it filled the doorway. It was it couldn't have been my mom. When you described it as its face was changing constantly, it reminded me of another person we interviewed. Uh, I think it was episode 17. Jason, he had the encounter where he touched a Bigfoot when he was a kid. Uh, yeah. Real, real quick story in case anybody's never heard that before. He was a kid, reached into a bush, and there was a Bigfoot in there. He touched it. Go listen to this show if you haven't heard it yet. It's It's a very good show uh but before he shared that he talked about a haunting that he had in his house and he said that uh i forget the details but whatever he was seeing was changing its image right in front of him uh the way he described it though it seemed like it was almost like it was flashing images like like changing images is that i'm trying to think like is that how it was for you or was it more like a like an organic molding that was just constantly shifting and changing. It, it wasn't, it wasn't flashing. No, it was like, it was a solid object. Like, like, like I said, filling the door, but it, it, again, it had kind of that glow to it, if you will, as like a full moon was on it, but we were in a dark room and it was more organic. It was, it was just like, you know, if you were just molding clay in your hand, and as you were molding clay, you would make these little shapes and what and whatnot. And it wasn't flashing; it was just solid. It it was just, and it never fully formed any type of features that I could remember, um, as nose, eyes, or whatever. But it just seemed like it was just constantly moving or sh- or or shaping. So. You know, I don't know. I don't know what that was. 
But again, it never scared me. It, it never, it never invoked any type of fear. And that was the one and only time that ever happened. Now, how did it leave? I, I think you, you said it. I just can't remember. Yeah, I, I, essentially, it was like I just closed my eyes. It's like, you know, well, maybe mom's just watching over us and just kind of closed my eyes real slow and opened them. And it was just not there. Okay. So it was close your eyes, open them, it's gone. So you didn't have the opportunity to see it fade away or exit yeah. one way or another. It was just, it was there and then it was gone. Well, it's a good thing that your sister saw it too, because I mean, the fact that you closed your eyes, it was there one minute, next time you open your eyes, it's gone. I mean, if you were the only one to see that, you probably would think, uh, was I seeing something or what? And plus I was so young too. But we both saw the same thing. And that's why that memory is always stuck to us because, you know, that next day, I, I do remember, we, we went to mom. Mom, what were you doing in the bedroom last night, you know? Uh, and she was like, we never were. And so my sister and I have, have always had that same experience. And again, we've, we've, between her and I, had talked about it several times over the years. And I don't know, it's, it's kind of weird with my, my sister and I. Like I said, she's just a little over a year younger than I am. We've always had some sort of connection to where, you know, it's one of those connections like you pick up the phone and she's on the other side of the phone or right. or we we say the same things at the same time. I don't know. It's just kind of weird. We've always had this weird connection or, you know, even recently she was like, you're getting into uh, the alien subjects, right? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, how'd you know? She's I don't know. I just felt like you were. <laughs> so I don't know. It. it I don't know if there's anything to that other than just, you know, we were just close siblings, but my other sister and I don't have that connection, which is kind of odd, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe there was something that stemmed from that. I mean, it's possible. Who knows? That's very interesting though. What what else happened to you? Well, um, this, this happened. um, I was much older. I was probably in my, mid twenties and you know, I, I, you know, I was here in Tulsa. I was sleeping in, in my bed. It was, it was kind of late afternoon, Saturday afternoon. I wouldn't say late afternoon. It was like late morning you know, on a Saturday. And I was just laying in bed and you know how it is when you're like, Oh, I gotta get out of bed, but I don't want to. And you're just kind of laying there and it's like, Oh, I gotta go. So you just kind of open your eyes. And when I did, I saw a, a shape, a figure. It was the shape of a, well, I always called it a little boy. And have you ever, have you ever, like, my cousin and I used to do this a lot. When we, we'd be in our, our room and we'd flash on the, the, uh, the lights and we'd turn them off real quick and you get that after image. And, you know, we'd close our eyes and you could still see the room then how it just kind of slowly fades away. That's what it was like. It was a silhouette of what I call a boy. I mean, because that's about the size of it was. And I was laying on the bed, so it was its head, the shape of the head would have been just above where I was laying down, which would be roughly, you know, four feet, I guess you could say. And it was almost like as soon as I opened my eyes, I saw that shape. And it was like, it turned itself off and it just faded away. And it wasn't like a, a, a quick just flash and gone. 
it was just like when when we were kids and we flash on those lights and you would get that image of the room and you'd see the room almost perfect and it would just slowly fade away. And it took about two seconds, thousand one, thousand two for the, the image just to fade away. It was almost like I caught it and it just wanted to disappear, but it left a after image, if you will. And it was the perfect shape of a head and shoulders. And it wasn't, big or small, but it looked like it was only just, it was like I could focus on it about a foot and a half away from me. And I always called it the little boy. I don't know why. I just, just something I always called it. And strange <laughs> things happened in the house. I said, oh, that little boy's back. And, you know, our cat, you see something strange. It would just, just randomly start looking at the ceiling, following something and say, oh, the little boy's back. I don't know. It, it was just something strange and but it, I definitely saw something. I don't know what it was. I mean, it's just kind of an odd, odd little, you know. If, even if it was just something that, you know, I, I don't know. I just saw it. it it's hard to explain. No, I mean, all, all this stuff is absolutely. I was just going to say that. I mean, what isn't hard to explain? <laughs> right. I mean, we're explaining the unknown and unexplainable. So no, that's absolutely fine. What do you think? Uh, this whole entity thing is, you know, you saw what you thought at first was your mom in the doorway and what you explained as a little boy and even the UFO thing, like just kind of with everything that we talked about tonight, you know, let, let's start with UFOs. What What's your gut? I mean, you spent a lot of time thinking about it clearly. What What's your gut? Do you have one way you lean or another, or do you think it might be a little bit of everything? You know, I, I think there's definitely a little bit of everything where, you know, maybe you you would hear about the, the Nazis developing these UFOs and everything. Yeah, I think there could be a, a total legitimate um, a thing, you know, like the Scharberger engine. You know, there could be a legitimate um, machines being built by humans or whatever. But my gut says that that's just the surface or whatever in that it is more on the side of, of, of demonic and more on the side of, of, you know, my personal belief, when you start looking at everyone seeing aliens and everyone seeing, uh, or talking about aliens, I, I, I believe they're more on the demonic side of things. And, and, you know, it's just it it makes more sense to me that way for some reason, you know. It's most likely because I I do come from a Christian background, and I used to talk with my dad about this a lot. You know, I said, Dad, what are what are what are UFOs? What are aliens? And and he basically came to the same conclusion. He said, I believe that they are demons, or or nephilim, or 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 whatever label you want to put to them, but I believe that's the realm that they come from. And I forget who it was you had on. It was a guest, and I, I, I liked his description when he described what he thinks they are. And he said they're a deception. And I think that fits. Because if you look at what we are going towards, this, this end times or whatever you're looking at, 
we are being warned about a great deception and the great deception. And just like your, your guest, uh, uh, Jim Williamson talked about the, 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 the aliens and the, the, this, the, there it is. It's just a great deception that's going to sway a lot of people to believe in that as being the answer to everything. And coming from a Christian background, you, you know that that it's, a, it's exactly that, a great deception. And that's how you're going to get people to go to that side. And that's how you're going to sway masses of people. So, you know, those that's my gut feeling. That's my, my personal feeling. And, of course, you know, we we all have our own thoughts about that. And, um, you know, and I think you've done a great job, Tony, explaining a lot of that side, too. And, and I, I follow along with a lot of those, those same beliefs and, and, and conclusions. And I think there's a lot of evidence to support that, too. Sure. Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean... Well, what, what you just said about the evidence, there, there is a lot of evidence to support that. And on the flip side of it, there's a lot of evidence to support it as other things as well. Yeah, and absolutely. Th- that's the thing. I think it's so important for me and my guests and everybody out there to understand that even if you want to deny it yourself and say, no, that's not me. I really do believe that the majority of people out there, they they form their views of, of what this stuff is. They, they form their explanations on how to make something make sense off of their history of what their traditionally their traditional mindset is, whether it's you know a religious background that they were raised with or a uh, a new philosophy of life that they've been living for the last, you know, 20 years of their adult life, you know, people have these, these preset ideas in their mind that help form and shape everything else around them, you know, and, and I think people would be, they would be lying if they say they're, they're they were completely open-minded as to what everything is, you know, because whether you're a Christian, a Muslim, a Buddhist, an atheist, whatever you are, you still have preconceived notions that really do shape your view on how to explain these things. And uh, I think it's important for us to acknowledge that uh, for me too, for you too, and everybody, because um, we're flawed, we're flawed people. Mm-hmm. And so we're not going to get it all right. And more than likely, none of us have it all right, you know? And right. so, uh, but yeah, I mean, who knows, right? Exactly. And what you're describing, you know, coming from a technical background in, in my job and everything, uh, when you're looking at data and you're looking at facts, there's a thing called belief bias. And your belief bias, which is like, you know, that can never happen, even though you're staring right at the data saying, yes, it just did happen, you know. So you have to get over your own belief biases to, to truly be open-minded and objective. However, that belief bias is part of the equation, and we, we have to recognize that, especially as, as humans and in our own backgrounds, just exactly what you said, you know, coming from a, 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 a Christian background, Muslim background, whatever your background is, is you know, it forms your belief bias. And, you know, 
again, when you're looking at data and, and hard facts, you, you got to try to separate that out, and you just got to look what's actually there. But yeah, that's that's, that's a that's a good explanation of it. I think. Yeah, it's it's hard. This whole thing is hard. <laughs> you know, it the, is hard. The, the, these topics we cover and everything we talk about, it's hard because we're bringing a community together. Like if you want to, you can call me a community organizer because <laughs> I mean, I, I'm building a community here of people bringing them in from all over the world, from different cultures, different lifestyles. We're all coming into the same room with all these different ideas and viewpoints and we all have to get along. And, uh, you know, it, it can be difficult at times, but I think it's important that we really do try to hear each other out. And and though somebody feels very strong about their opinion on something, that's okay. You know, mm -hmm. they're supposed to. Is it worth believing in if you don't believe in it strongly? You know, mm -hmm. so I, I just encourage people, you know, with whatever they believe uh, to just really think about it and try not to be biased even though you know that you know that's going to happen uh but to not not go on default mode i think that's what i'm trying to say it, it, so many times it, with whatever it is in life whether it's it's looking into this stuff or or going to work every day or or raising children we can we can go on this default mode where it just happens you know i wake up at four o'clock in the morning i put my clothes on i go to work it just happens. And, you know, same thing with parenting. Now, I'm, I'm a parent to, to be, but the idea of it is, you know, after a while, you're five years into your kid's life and now you're just finding a routine and it, it just happens. It's just default. You know, you come home, you do the same thing and everything's on default mode now. And I, I just try to encourage people and I, myself included to not go on default mode when it comes to critical thinking about these mysteries because it's very easy to do so. It's okay to to believe something, and if you believe this is to be true and build your other beliefs off this belief or this thought process, that's fine. That's how you grow mentally. But to never fall into that default mode where almost like you're taking a hypothetical situation that hasn't been proven yet, and you're just counting it as fact in your mind because there's nobody that can tell you any different. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, and and I think your I think your your podcast is doing a great job of like you said bringing all these people in in these different points of view because that's one thing I I've noticed as I start looking into these things and trying to make sense of it is you 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 hear these these wild stories or you know these paranormal stories and and then you start looking at why are so many people experiencing these things it can't be just random. It's got to be something there and being able to bring these and have an outlet for people to do this connects with a lot of other people and which helps pull in these, these different, you know, for me is like, wow, that makes sense. I saw that or I've experienced that. And, you know, you start making connections and saying, wow, there is a bigger picture going on here and they are connecting, you know, and each and Every little individual, you know, just like me here in the little Ufala, Oklahoma, and here in Tulsa, have experienced strange things. And as you get to talk to other people, they have too. And it, it's a very common thing that happens. And again, why? 
and that's what you're looking for. And I, and I, I think there's, again, I think there's some good answers out there and some good connections, but it's like you keep saying, it's just that one piece, where does it go and what is it that connects it? Absolutely. And that's the way I feel sometimes. It's just like, I feel like if I could just find out one piece, I, yep. oh, but maybe I should make an, a, a tagline for the show, the confessionals. Why? Because <laughs> <laughs> right. we don't know why. Yeah. That one piece that, that that's lost underneath the couch that you'll never finish the puzzle with. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Well, Brian, I really appreciate you coming on tonight and chatting with me. It was uh, a lot of fun and uh, hopefully you enjoyed your time as well. Absolutely, Tony. I had a great time uh, chatting with you, and and, and uh, yeah, you're you got a great thing going on here. And I and again, congratulations, and uh, you you to your little boy that's gonna be coming along, and uh, I, I think that's one of the most awesome things, and you're gonna enjoy it very much. So I just had to had to tell you that you and Lindsay both. So I really appreciate that, man. Uh, we're excited for sure. So yeah, thanks a lot, man. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Right on, Tony. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye. Well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoy it. And if you did enjoy it, please go ahead and give us a rating and review on any podcatcher you listen to the show on. That could be iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn, Blog Talk Radio. It does not matter to me. But if you enjoy the show, please go ahead and give us a rating and review. And as always, if you've had an encounter of any kind, go ahead and email me at theconfessionalspodcast at gmail.com or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the connection section, and you can reach me that way as well. I hope you guys have a great week. Take care.
You're the face of the future, the blood in my veins. Oh, oh. 